Hello, friends. In today's episode, we have a special interview with Jay Key, one of the organizers of Kaiju Go, a Japanese monster film, art, and toy showcase that is coming to Fort Worth, Texas on August 26th. So stay tuned during the second half of the show for that interview. And now, the theme song. One, two, three, four. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors. Welcome once again to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee and I are a couple of best friends who are making our way through the history of kaiju movies. We started in 1933 with King Kong, and now we are all the way up to 1991. What? We're back in Japan. We are finally on a movie where I was alive. I mean, I was still shitting myself, but I was alive. (laughs) Well, how's that different from today? (laughs) I was born in 1991. All right. Uh, this came Did out in December 1991. Did you say, how is that any different from today? So you... <laughs> <laughs> Keep up, honeybee. Keep up. Uh, we're back in Japan with Godzilla versus King Ghidorah. Or if you've, if you've heard the show before, um, Space Turkey. <laughs> three-headed Space Turkey. Oh, this three-headed Space Turkey. <laughs> it's in color. It is directed by... Kazuki Omori, written by Kazuki Omori, produced by Shogo Tomiyama. That is new. I guess the, I don't have any details, but I, the original producer had produced the last one. This is, this is new. So I'm not sure, I'm not sure if he had passed or just retired or what. Uh, It is 103 minutes. It cost 1.5 billion yen and made 1.45 billion yen. (sighs) They must have made some money off of it selling it to America or something because they keep making these. You sound very disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. It must have been worthwhile selling it to television or on home media or whatever because, you know, they make another one. Uh, what is it the next year? Yeah, the next year they make another one. For a little, yes, we're coming on a period where they're making like one of these a year. So it's got to be worth, even though those numbers don't look great, it's got to be worth their uh, their time to do this. Uh, the movie stars Kozuki Toyahara as Kenshiro Terasawa, Katsuhiko Sazaki as Professor. Hionori Mazuki, Yoshio Tsuchiya as businessman Yasuki Shindo, Robert Scott Field as not the Terminator, 
M11, an android. Mr. Anna Robot Nakagawa. Man. Yes. Anna Nakagawa as Japanese Jennifer Tilly. Oh, my Also God. known as Emi Kano. Emi! Her character's name is actually Emi Kano. Richard Berger as Granchico. Chuck Wilson as Wilson. Megumi Odaka is back as Mickey Sagusa. Akiji Kobayashi is Ryuzo Dobashi. Tokuma Nishioka is Takahiko Fujo. Kiwako Harada as Chiaki Moramura. Kenji Sahara Ayo. as Takayuki Sagawa, who is Woo-hoo, apparently Kenji. the defense minister. And I'm not sure if he actually has any lines in this movie. If he does, it is very few. Yeah. So, uh, so Yamamura is the prime minister. Kochi Yodea as Masukichi Ikihata. And Kenpachiro Satsuma is back as Godzilla. Hurricane Ryu is King Ghidorah. Dang, Hurricane. Wataru Wataru Fukeda plays the Godzilla-saurus. So Kenji... Kenji will play this character in a couple more of these movies. Yes, the music music is by Ifakube. He is back. Akira Ifakube does the music. And apparently actually did provide a new score. He reuses some of his themes, but they didn't just reuse recordings. He made a new score. Yeah, and they use the themes Uh, in like... But he does reuse the times. Yes, yeah. So... Kenji will be back playing this minister or this character who he's a defense minister in this movie. And then he has various different positions in other movies, like he becomes head of the sort of Godzilla task force or whatever. But for whatever reason in this movie, he's just sitting there most of the time when, you know, when they're one of the big war room scenes, he's there kind of scowling at the maps He's or just the there like, or you whatever. know who the fuck I am. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is. I don't know why they didn't have him play the prime minister, why they went to the trouble of getting him and then didn't give him anything to do. I hmm. found it very frustrating. But I think he has more to do in the upcoming films. We'll see. We'll get there nice. when we get there. Woohoo! First movie I was alive. I'm so excited. <laughs> we made it. We made it to the 90s. I'm looking at some of the production notes here, and it says that it was Tomoyuki Tanaka's idea to bring back some of the iconic monsters like King Ghidorah, but he's not listed as the producer. Maybe he was still in charge of the studio, but wasn't doing the day-to-day work on this movie. I don't know. Ah, Akira Ifakube agreed to compose the film's score on the insistence of his daughter, after he was dissatisfied with the way his compositions have been treated in Godzilla versus Biollante. Yeah, I think they just oh. kind of sampled some of his work or reused it a little or that guy kind of rearranged it. I don't know. But he, he I was didn't surprised. Do yeah, because it just sounded so campy. It was so different. 
It was just yeah, so, yeah. it just sounded so different. I didn't, I was like surprised that it was a Japanese person who even did the music because it just yeah. sounded like when we watch an American version of the movie, you know, like the American music is just more like da, 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 circus, you know, <laughs> compared to the, like Japanese music. It's more like epic. It's more like telling you how to feel. And the American music usually is like, la, 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 music. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, so apparently this movie was a little controversial at the time because of some of the World War II stuff. Mm. And there was some American-Japanese tension at the time, some economic tension. And some people found the whole thing to be in, in poor taste, uh, including Ishiro Honda. Oh, really? That it was perceived as being anti-American. Honda oh. thought... Having Godzilla crush American soldiers was going too far. Damn. But the director, Omori, says that was not his intention. He and that and that he's not anti-American and the American extras seemed very happy about being crushed and squished by Godzilla. <laughs> They're like, yeah, step on me. Well, I think they were just, you know, oh good, we get to be in a Godzilla movie. We get to be Fuck Crushed yeah. by Godzilla, yeah, yeah, because these guys, they're all grown oh, up yeah. watching this shit, probably. For sure. Uh, I have a quote here from the director. This was like years later in 2006. I'm not anti-American. I love American movies, and I've always watched American movies. Most American movies are, in the same sense, made the way I made my movies. I just wanted to make a movie with American army people in it, and to put the rumors to rest, I'm not anti-American. I love American war <laughs> movies, but looking at all the ones I've watched over the years, Americans never lose. And so I thought they should lose at least <laughs> once. Why don't the Americans oh ever God. lose? Because America, fuck yeah. You know, the, the army never gets the win against Godzilla, really. So why should the American army be any different? This movie, Honeybee, well, before I say anything, what what did you think of this movie? I was so excited about this movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I thought it was kind of like going from Godzilla versus Biolanti to going going from that going to this movie. I I was excited about it. I felt like it was great. I mean, I I I, I it was like weird how they kind of like the dinosaur uh, storyline, you know. But I liked it. I thought I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. I was excited for it, especially being in 91. And yeah. And also, how many times did you start singing It's Just a Jump to the Left after someone yelled, Time Warp, <laughs> Time warp. in this movie? <laughs> Again. God damn it. Uh, yes, I did have, I have that. I did absolutely have that thought. Same way, whenever anybody, because a couple of movies we watched. Somebody will say, it's astounding. It's astounding. And in my head, I always go, time is fleeting. <laughs> Madness takes its toll. Folks, we are doing a Patreon-exclusive series of episodes where we go through <laughs> the lyrics of Science Fiction Double Feature from the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and we examine all the movies that are mentioned in that song. So if you want to hear those episodes... Go to patreon.com slash MMFTG and become a patron. There's currently Buy just one, one level, $3, $3 a month level, 
This is currently the only level. And follow and support us on all the various things. Anyway, my thoughts on this movie are I enjoy it, but it is bananas. It is. It is banana nut bread. It is bananas (laughs) in pajamas eating banana nut bread. This movie (laughs) does not make one lick of sense. And their ideas about time travel are nonsense. Teleportation. Teleportation and nuclear pollution. <laughs> it is. Ugh, oh, my God. It's got. I mean, it's got a fucking Terminator ripoff in it. It. Yeah. <sighs> it's There's got Japanese Jennifer Tilly in it. <laughs> I loved Emmy. Emmy kicks so much ass. I loved her. I loved her character. And she's she kicks so much ass. I did. But she didn't make any sense either. I don't know. Like her character. <laughs> Right. Like, what? well, we'll get to that as we go through the plot. <laughs> Such as it is. The insane plot. Uh, even the time travel stuff is sort of Terminator inspired, I'm sure. In So here's the summary from Wikipedia, which is a little bit wrong to start with. Uh-oh. <laughs> because it starts off. It's, well, it starts off, in 1992, Godzilla is still weakened after being infected by the ANEB, the anti-nuclear energy bacteria. But no, the movie starts off in 2209? Is that the year they're something from? Something like that. 20, 2204, I thought it was, but yeah, something like that. 2204. Yeah, you're probably right. 2204. It starts with some people in the distant future looking at images of King Ghidorah underwater who's and he's missing a head mm-hmm. and somebody's saying he so he fought Godzilla like yes back in the 90, 90 in the 20th century he fought Godzilla and he had three heads back then and then we come to 1992 yeah after a nice Godzilla roar yeah and and big big credit big title card. Meanwhile, science fiction author Kenichiro Terasawa is writing a book about the monster and learns of a group of Japanese soldiers stationed on Lagos Island during the Gilbert and Marshall Islands campaign, which is a you know real World War II thing. In February 1944, while threatened by American forces, the Japanese soldiers were saved by a mysterious dinosaur which Terasawa theorizes was subsequently mutated into Godzilla in 1954 after a hydrogen bomb test on the island. Yasuaki Shindo, a wealthy businessman and army veteran who commanded the Lagos garrison, confirms that the dinosaur did indeed exist. There's no explanation of why the dinosaur is there to begin with. So they're Uh kind of trying to give us an origin of Godzilla, yeah. But they're still not explaining why there was a dinosaur in the island to start with. And it it does look much more like a Tyrannosaurus than Godzilla does. Yeah. Meanwhile, a UFO lands on Mount Fuji. When the JSDF <laughs> investigates, they are greeted by Wilson, Grenchico, Emmy Kano, and the android M11. And Emmy just... You go, Grenchico. I watched part of it dubbed and part of it subtitled. But Emmy's just like, I'm Japanese. (laughs) 
Like, okay. Because the other two guys are white, as you may have guessed <laughs> by their names and the names of the actors that played them. They are American or European or whatever. They're not Japanese, clearly. Okay. And the android is not constructed to appear Japanese. He's also played by a white guy. The visitors, known as the Futurians, although I don't think anybody calls them that, explain that they are from the year 2204. There we go. There's the year. They're time travelers. Yes. Uh, and in that year, Godzilla has completely destroyed Japan. The Futurians plan to travel back in time to 1944 and remove the dinosaur from Lagos Island before the island is irradiated, thus preventing the mutation of the creature into Godzilla. As proof of their story, Emmy presents a copy of Terasawa's book, which has not yet been completed in the oh present. He hasn't even started I writing it yet. I love this part. I love this part so much. The part oh where he asks about gosh. the book? Yeah, when he's like, he, he like sees it and he's like, that's my book. That's the book I'm writing now. And then he's just kind of shocked. And then he like goes on to ask about it. And Yeah, a little oh, bit man. later he's like, just, so, is my, so funny. is my book a... Is my book a big hit in the future? And she's like, actually, hardly anybody's heard of it. <laughs> He's like, oh, damn it. Uh, but it's also funny because later on in the movie, he gets like a voicemail and like this, uh, the girl in the voicemail is like, I, f I figured out what we should name the book. And he's just like, I already know what the book's name is and I already know how it did. <laughs> <laughs> She's also, yeah, we we see his editor a few times throughout the movie. And I think on that same answering machine message, she says, uh, if the book does well, will you marry me or something like that? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, that's a big jump. Wow. Uh, don't, don't think he ever, ever answers her. Uh, though she just stand next to him near the end, so maybe... Uh, the Futurians, Terasawa, Miki Sagusa, and Professor Mazaki board a time shuttle and travel back to 1944 to Lagos Island. Why? This is part of what doesn't make any sense. It's not at all clear why the Futurians stop at 1992 before going to 1944, there doesn't seem to be any reason why they need to stop and consult with the people in 1992 before they go back. They just do. And it, it and why are they dragging this science fiction author around with them? Other than, I mean, it's totally a Philo situation. You get some characters that are there at the beginning, so they got to be first in, last out. They got to be there through the whole thing, but they have no skills to bring to the situation. They have no insight. They have nothing. The fact that he wrote about this in his book doesn't mean that they need him to go with them, but they do anyway. <laughs> like you do. Just three holographic folks doing holographic folk shit. Oh yeah, there was a there was there, when they first meet them outside of the spaceship, they're just holograms. They're like, "Oh, we're not actually here. We're inside the ship. We couldn't be bothered to get up out of our seats and come out here to say hi." 
<laughs> it was just a reason to do some special effects, but it didn't really. It doesn't come up at any point later. It's not a Chekhov's hologram. There's no reason to let us know if they have holographic <laughs> technology other than to show off that we're from the future and we can do shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they go back in time. Teleport a dinosaur. There is American forces land and engage the Japanese forces commanded by Shindo. The dinosaur attacks and kills the American soldiers. Oh, and there's a joke here about one of the soldiers being the father of Steven Spielberg. Hmm. Did you catch that? Uh-uh. The the captain of the ship is talking to one of the other soldiers. And I can't remember if it's before or after. Oh, they they see they see the time ship in the distance. Uh-huh. And so they he's like, "Oh my gosh, what was that? Was that some kind of UFO or spaceship or something?" Uh what the heck was that? And the captain's like, well, I don't know, but you can tell your grand, you can tell your son about it when we get back from the war, Lieutenant Spielberg. Uh. And this was somebody's idea of clever. <laughs> like, this is why <laughs> Steven Spielberg ends up making E.T. Because his dad saw time travelers who came back to <laughs> stop Godzilla from being created. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anyway, Uh, The dinosaur attacks and kills the American soldiers. The U.S. Navy then bombs the dinosaur from the sea and gravely wounds it. After Shindo and his men leave the island, M-11 teleports the dinosaur from Lagos Island to the Bering Strait. Before returning to 1992, the Frenturians secretly leave three small creatures called Dorats. Little on Lagos Island. Yeah, there are these weird little they're puppet so things, cute. these little goblin, winged goblin things that uh, Emmy just tells us, oh, they're a thing with that we made in the future and they help us. <laughs> and then... They're a new kind of animal. When they're about to leave, one of the, you know, people from 92 is like, hey, where are the Dorats? And Emmy's just like, time warp. Don't worry about the Dorats. We gotta go. It's just a jump to the left. Yeah, and there, she says about the Dorats, too, that the that the Dorats, um, like, what they're for is, like, they can sense your, like, their your feelings. And so if we get, she says, if we get lost, they'll cheer us up. And I'm like, what the fuck? So yeah. they're just for morale? Like, what are, yes. what? So they're a new animal that we created with a biotechnology that we made to sense our emotions? Like, isn't that yeah. what a dog is for but okay cool <laughs> grim little gremlin door ads got it if we get lost we can eat them no they'll just cheer us up <laughs> they'll just cheer us up and, and she we well we see her purposely let them loose mm-hmm. so and the reason for this is that they they are now exposed to the radiation from the hydrogen bomb test in 1944 yeah. instead of instead godzilla of godzilla yeah and they merge to become king Ghidorah. After returning to 1992, the Futurians use King Ghidorah to subjugate Japan and issue an ultimatum, but Japan refuses to surrender. So, this appears to be their plan all along. I don't know why. I mean, I (laughs) do know why, but I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so... uh, I'm just going to read this next part and then we'll... Okay, okay, yeah, go for it. Feeling sympathy for the Japanese people, because she's Japanese, 
I'm Japanese. Emmy reveals to Terasawa the truth behind the Futurian's mission. She flies around a little bit to do this first and then just flies into his into his apartment. <laughs> In the future, Japan is an economic superpower that has surpassed the United States, Russia and China and even bought out the entirety of South America and Africa. <laughs> And, and this might be part of the, you know, the, in the, the controversy at the time of the, you know, the economic tension between America and Japan. This movie postulates that in the future, Japan's going to be so rich and the U.S. can't do shit about it. Ouch. <laughs> so maybe well, maybe that rubbed a few like people that. the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about ego here. The Futurians travel back in time in order to change history and prevent Japan's future economic dominance by creating King Ghidorah and using it to destroy the present-day Japan. But why couldn't they just use Godzilla to do that? Yeah. I, uh, I don't, well, I don't, it, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, it does say here, at the same time, they also planned to erase Godzilla from history so that it would not pose a threat to their plans. <sighs> After M11 brings Emmy back to the UFO, she reprograms the android so it will help her. I'll get to that in a minute. So the thing is, in the past, in the past, we've seen that Godzilla sometimes defends Japan and sometimes attacks it. But in this current continuity, he mostly just attacks it. Does he defend it from Biolante in the last movie? Not exactly. Does Biolante defend Japan from well, Godzilla? Biolante's not killing anybody. Like, Biolante's just standing there in the middle of the fucking ocean, never moves yeah. until Godzilla comes to her. Right. She never hurts anybody. So I guess Biolante sort of defends Japan from Godzilla. It's not clear why they thought Godzilla needed to be taken out of the picture. Why didn't they just come back with something to control Godzilla? I don't know. This is just one of the many things that makes no goddamn sense. No Godzilla uh, sense. Yes. <laughs> so Emmy reprograms the android by opening up its head and taking out two red CDs and replacing them <laughs> with two green CDs. Because red is bad and green is good. Alexa, go and find Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole thing with the robot chasing them down the street and stuff and doing yeah, some really bad... Some really kind of lame effects of him running fast. It looks like he's roller skating through the war. <laughs> it's pretty funny. They make him run fast. Yeah, he does it on the island first, and then he does it in modern times also. <laughs> he runs in two <laughs> different ways, both of which are supposed to indicate that he's running fast. One is we don't see his feet, but the way he's moving implies that he's taking really long strides and just sort of gliding across the ground. And then the other way is just to have him run and speed up the film. <laughs> They're both trying to indicate that he's running fast, but they look completely different. They don't work yeah. together at all. Ay, ay, ay. So this is the part that confuses me about Emmy because it seems like she's in on the plan in the beginning, but then tries to play it off like I didn't know what their plan was. Like, but you're the one that let the Doats out, the Dorats out. So how did you not know what the plan was? Or is it just once you saw modern Japan, you liked it? But why didn't you like Japan? If Japan's a dominant force in the future, 
why were you going along with these white guys plan to come fuck shit up? Or did you believe them when they said they were trying to save? But she knows that Japan hasn't been destroyed. It, it's, it's not at all clear what her fucking motivation is. But at some point she decides, I want to help. Yeah, I felt like she, whatever whatever it was, whatever fucked up shit, it really did feel like she was innocent when she was like, oh, what the hell? Like when she wanted to help, you know, it's and she's like, it seems like she's been lied to, you know? Maybe, but then why did they bring her along? There's no reason to bring her along. But isn't she, isn't it because she's the, um, there's something, isn't she like an expert on something? Because Mizaki is the dinosaur expert, and then Miki is the paranormal researcher. Right, but she's from the future. She came with them. She seems to be in charge of the Dorats, but... I'm saying, why why lie to her and bring her along? Why not just bring along somebody that's in on it? And Mm -hmm. it it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Anyway, Shindo plans to send his nuclear submarine, because businessmen just have their own nuclear submarines... Mm-hmm. To the Bering Strait. So uh, King Ghidorah is tearing shit up. Because that's what he does. <laughs> so here's the other thing that doesn't make sense. The time travel. They have prevented Godzilla from happening. Now, normally, in a time travel movie or a book or whatever, if you go and change the past, then when you come back, that's just the way it's always been. And people don't remember. Right. Now, sometimes the person who went back and did it remembers because they were part of it. But really, they shouldn't remember either. But we usually play along with the idea that the time travelers remember, but nobody else does. Mm -hmm. But in this story, everybody seems to understand that there was a Godzilla, but there's not anymore because we did some time travel and kept him from happening. So now there's just a dead dinosaur. Which, by the way, that scene when they're, like, fucking with the dinosaur and the T-Rex, you know, and it, like, helps them. And they're, like, crying. And yes. It was so sad. It was such a sad <laughs> scene. Like, I was like, I'm not crying. You're crying. And I was like, oh, my God, they really are fucking crying. Like, holy shit. So, even though they lost the war, their battalion or platoon or whatever survives when everybody else was wiped out because the dinosaur protected them long enough that they were able to Mm -hmm. survive the big battle. And as the dinosaur is laying there and they think it's dying, they all stand around and salute it and thank it and tell it, we'll never forget what you did for us. We cannot mend your wounds. We cannot take you safely. Yeah, they're so sorry they can't heal him. But Mr. Shindo, who is so rich he has his own personal nuclear submarine, wants to send it to the Bering Strait and to irradiate the dinosaur in order to create Godzilla because he still remembers that there was a Godzilla and so does everybody else. And they think, oh, maybe we should radiate him now and he'll still turn into Godzilla. Mm-hmm. <sighs> However, Terazawa discovers too late that a Russian nuclear submarine sank there in the 1970s and released enough radiation to mutate the dinosaur into Godzilla. So he's already Godzilla, but he's just been quietly chilling out. (laughs) 
En route to the Bering Strait, Shindo's submarine is destroyed by Godzilla, who absorbs its radiation, recovers from the ANEB, except that he shouldn't be if I don't think they mentioned that, though. Because that shouldn't be affecting him, because in this timeline now, he never was Godzilla, so he never fought Biolantis, so the bacteria shouldn't be affecting him. But I'm not sure they actually yeah. mentioned that in the movie itself. So I'm going to give him that one. So it appears, though, he's already kind of Godzilla, but then he absorbs more radiation from the submarine and becomes even more Godzilla. He gets larger. Yeah, he looks amazing, and so does Ghidorah. They, they, they comment so on this. Good. They say, oh, look, he's bigger now. And they're like, oh, well, of course, because originally he was mutated by those old 1950s nuclear bombs. But this, we got much more powerful nuclear shit now. So, of course, he's bigger. So, there you go. Godzilla arrives in Japan and is met by King Ghidorah. They fight at equal strength, each immune to the other's attacks. With Monster M11 fight. and <laughs> With M11 and Terazawa's aid, Emi sabotages the UFO's control over King Ghidorah, causing the three-headed monster to lose focus during the battle. Godzilla eventually ends the battle by blasting off Ghidorah's middle head before sending King Ghidorah crashing into the Sea of Okhotsk. Okhotsk? I don't know how to pronounce it. Godzilla destroys the UFO, killing Wilson and Grenchiko. It then turns its attention to Tokyo, destroying the city and killing Shindo. No, this is so sad. It's so sad because it's like he didn't he like spend his life like talking about this dinosaur, always remembering how the dinosaur saved his life. And then it was the same fucking dude that killed him. (laughs) He always remembered it, but he didn't talk about it publicly until the writer came and pressured him to because he denies it at first mm. but yeah he's on the phone with the prime minister and the prime minister's like what are you still doing there you should have got out and he's like no i'm staying i'm waiting here for the dinosaur he has this weird nihilistic sort of i really died all those years ago on lagos and i'm just mm. been really waiting for death to catch up with me waiting for the dinosaur to ca-. he seems to know godzilla's gonna kill him and doesn't and is okay with it is even welcoming it. It's really weird. It's so, so sad. he's standing he's standing there in his office and he looks out the window and Godzilla comes right up to his window as if he knows that guy I saved all those years ago is here and now I'm gonna kill him. It's very bizarre. Yeah, and then he just blasts each him. other's eyes for a second. Yeah. Yeah. He blasts him with his nuclear breath and kills him. I'm not I don't exactly know what point they were trying to make with that. Maybe Godzilla is God in that, you know, some days he spares you and some days he doesn't. Oof. It's just the whims of nature, I guess. I don't know. He didn't spare you because he actually gave a shit. It's just because he was in the mood to kill American soldiers and not Japanese ones. Who knows? <laughs> Emmy travels to the future with M11 and returns to the present day with Mecha King Ghidorah a cybernetic version of King Ghidorah. They've replaced his his because so Godzilla cool. not only Godzilla not only blasted his head off, but he tore a big hole in his wings and stuff. So now he's got. So we do see a scene with her. So we see the scene from the beginning, but now we have some context. She's 
in a submarine in the ocean with some guy from the World Council, the Union, I think they call it, the World Union, the Earth Union, and is convincing him to let her revive and and cybernetically enhance King Ghidorah so that she can take him back in time. What's so funny about this part is, like, it was like we use Ghidorah... Or, like, we got Ghidorah, and then we use Godzilla to fight Ghidorah, and then we use Ghidorah to fight Godzilla. It was, like, just this yes. vicious circle. <laughs> like, exactly. What are we doing this is here? part of what doesn't make any sense to me. Like, but why? Why did we do any why? of this? Yeah. What, what is the point of it all? They're, like, using Mecha Ghidorah to fight Godzilla, who just fought Ghidorah. It's like, what What? What circle is this? Yeah. What timeline am I, am I in? And why is it that every time this, my note is, why is it every time this man cries, I cry? It's a time travel kaiju version of the lady who swallowed a fly. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Uh, We travel through time to get rid of Godzilla to create King Ghidorah. And then we travel through time to destroy Godzilla with King Ghidorah. And it's... (laughs) Then we swallow Godzilla to kill King Ghidorah and swallow King Ghidorah to kill Godzilla. Oh, my God. Anyway, he does look awesome. Meanwhile, there's a robot person running around. (laughs) So she comes back with a cybernetic version. Robot people, the animals turning into our favorite kaiju. Like, there's so much going on in this movie. Holy shit. The the cybernetic Ghidorah blasts Godzilla with beams, which proves useless. Godzilla then counters by relentlessly blasting Ghidorah with its atomic breath before Ghidorah launches clamps to restrain Godzilla. Ghidorah carries Godzilla out of Japan, but Godzilla breaks from its restraints and causes Ghidorah to send both crashing into the ocean. Emi then returns to the future, but not before informing Terazawa that she is his descendant. You are my great distant grandfather. Yes. Bye. (laughs) She just fucking leaves. Yeah, it's weird because they sort of try to create this like romantic tension between them. But then it turns out, no, I'm your great, 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 whatever granddaughter. Mm-hmm. You, but hey, why don't you? Nobody says this, but there's sort of this implication: you got to go marry that publisher lady, so I can be born in the future. <laughs> because she just kind of comes out and stands next to him at the end. I'm like, okay, I guess this is happening. At the bottom of the ocean, Godzilla awakens and roars over Mecha King Ghidorah's remains before swimming away. Wow! 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 So, wow! All this did was just tear a bunch of shit up, but it did not totally destroy Japan and change the balance of power in the future. And would it have mattered if it had? Everybody still would have remembered uh, the way things were before, I guess, because that's how time travel works in this movie. The thing is, there's things... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't understand the time travel, like when they describe the time travel, like the two people in one place situation. I uh-huh. didn't get it. Oh, right. Um, I'm, trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to remember exactly. Oh, is it is it um, Shindo who can't travel back? Yeah. I think that's, yes. I think somebody says, why didn't we bring Mr. Shindo with us? 
and they say, oh, oh, we can't do that because he's already there in the past mm-hmm. and he can't. This is bullshit. I've seen this in other time travel movies. The idea that it's not okay to travel back to a place where you are, where you where you already are, or that you can't exist in two places at the same time. Or there was there's one movie where well they can, but if they touch each other, it'll be a disaster. Mm-hmm. This is this is bullshit. I don't I don't buy this. It's not it's 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 nonsense. Now, there's a good chance you're going to create some kind of terrible time paradox if you do it. But there's no reason why you can't, why you shouldn't be able to do it. Be- and in fact, you, you have to be able to do it. Yeah. Because the thing is, all the matter in the universe is all here already. It's all there. It's all always been there. All the energy and all the matter of the entire universe has always been in the universe and will always be in the universe until... It all, even when the universe dies, it'll all still be there. It will just have, depending on how the universe dies, it will have slowed down to the point where none of the molecules are moving anymore. And they'll just, but they'll still be there. They'll be inert. So if you travel to any point in time, even if you as a human being fully formed are not there, the the matter that is going to be you or that used to be you, depending on which direction you're traveling, still exists in the universe. So in a sense, any point in time you travel to, uh, you are still there, whether you're in the form of a human being or not. So mm-hmm. that's just that's just bullshit. But but it is a common idea in time travel that you shouldn't meet your that either you can't meet yourself or you shouldn't meet your. I do agree that you probably shouldn't meet yourself, but I don't agree yeah. that you are not physically yes. able to meet yourself. But that's what they're talking right. about. Shindo shouldn't be in or can't be in two places at the same time. Okay. So that's what that was about. But they don't bother adhering to any other time travel theories of any kind because, as I said, everybody <laughs> just remembers that there used to be a Godzilla. And they're perfectly okay with it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends and neighbors. We have a special guest with us now on the show. There's an event coming up in Fort Worth, Texas called Kaiju Go, and we have one of the organizers of that event here to talk to us about it, Mr. Jay Key. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to to meet you and a pleasure to be on the show. Well, thank you. Uh, We sure do appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, we've been looking around for some things to go to, some events to attend. And my uh, partner, Honeybee, stumbled across Kaiju Go. So why don't you tell us a little bit about this event? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, I'm, I'm in Texas and Unfortunately, or fortunately, you know, it depends on depends on you know who you talk to because I know these things cost a lot of money to go to as fans. But we don't have a ton of kaiju centric events. I mean, yes, we have these great 
anime conventions where there might be a kaiju component. We have these great toy shows that might have a few booths that have kaiju toys and sofubi and all this really cool stuff. But we don't really have anything that that celebrates kaiju and kaiju alone. And uh, my good friend, Chaz Foreman of Chaz Bro Toys, he's a designer vinyl toy artist. Um, he and I are just, you know, friends. We, we hang out at these conventions. We, we know, we talk kaiju on the side. And um, we just started talking like, why don't we have one? In Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, fourth largest media market. When I do these toy shows, I see all these great people that sit there and I can talk to for fourth hours about kaiju movies. And we just said, you know what? Let's let's do something. And let's make like not necessarily start small or start big or whatever. Let's really focus it on what builds community in the kaiju world. And we're like, well, there's people that obviously love the films and there's people that obviously love the collectible side of it. There's people that love the art component of it. Well, let's do something that kind of celebrate and touches on all three of those pillars. And that kind of convergence point led us to our Kaiju Go idea and event that we're going to be uh, launching on August 26th. And that is going to be uh, in Fort Worth. Correct. Uh, what's the name of the Correct. theater? It's the, called Downtown Cowtown at the ISIS Theater. It's the old ISIS, ISIS theater, theater that, yeah, that um, it, it started in the 1920s. Um, and I think it burned down uh, a couple decades later and was rebuilt and really had a beautiful, wonderful run all through the 50s and 60s and 70s. And kind of basically around the end of the 80s, it was left and totally just vacated from like 1989 to 2016. We're talking, and this is in the middle of the historic Fort Worth stockyards. This is the big tourist area of Fort Worth. And you had this beautiful 1920s, 1930s building that didn't even have a roof on it. Um, some of the pictures, if you ever go to downtowncowtown.com, they show a lot of the renovation pictures and they restored it starting in 2017. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It has two bars. One of them is this really cool upstairs speakeasy. And it's this one beautiful screen. It reminds me of, you know, going to the Egyptian theater in LA or the Arrow Theater. Um, and it just has a cool vibe. And it's right down there in the historic stockyard, right on Main Street in Exchange for all you folks that are familiar with Fort Worth. So it's a great location. You know, we have a similar kind of a theater here. I'm uh, Honeybee and I are also in Texas. I'm in Odessa. She is normally in Austin. Sometimes she's from Odessa, but... She's kind of back and forth between here and Austin. And uh, we have the Ector Theater here that was kind of restored recently. It, it never completely fell apart. <laughs> there was always a little bit. There was always a little bit going on there. Uh, yeah. We had another theater that did completely just it got torn down. <laughs> but yeah. the Ector's been restored and they have a lot of live events there now. But uh, Very cool. now you got me. You got me wondering if uh, maybe we could schedule some kaiju movies there. Yeah. There is a small convention in the town next door a couple times a year, the Permian Basin Comic Con. So uh, you're giving me ideas here, <laughs> ideas for no, some no, uh, local stuff. <laughs> that's great. I mean, I, and, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. Like, that's what, you know, I think the kaiju fandom is it's very regionalized, right? Because there's like these big pockets in these certain areas. Uh, and, and sometimes it's other than G-Fest in Chicago and then the Days of the Dead, uh, uh, All Monsters Attack, which is a newer – Days of the Dead isn't new, but All Monsters Attack is. And, I've heard uh, of it. Right. Gonna, yeah, they've done a couple in Indianapolis and Chicago, and they're also doing one 
um, the same weekend as we are out in LA. And then there's another <laughs> Godzilla film festival in San Francisco that same weekend. So it's these hmm. smaller, smaller shows in these pockets and which is so great because now, you know, it's, it's unrealistic for a lot of people to travel, you know, across the country multiple times a year. And this allows it, you know, that maybe there's something close enough that you can drive to. Um, right. and I love seeing that. And I, you know, whether it's in the Permian basin or in the Southeast or the Northeast, wherever it may be, I, I just want to see more of these types of events pop up because it's great for our fandom and it's great to get the word uh, and kind of the, the, the fandom to really just embrace all aspects of Kaiju collecting film art, you name it. Uh, and they're really cool events. Yeah. Uh, we already have our tickets for Kaiju go. We're, we're going to be going. There is an event I just found out about that is the same weekend as G fest. So we will not be attending it, but it's something that's been going on for a while called Blob Fest. Not exactly Kaiju, but we've covered the blob on, on this show. And uh, it's at the theater that is featured in the blob. And they that. have a little street. They show the movie. They have a little street fair. And they, I think this year they're also showing the remake. And then they have a big run out that you have to sign up for where everybody like runs that. out of the theater screaming, like in the movie. <laughs> that is, see, I love those little touches like that, that add that, like, you're never going to forget doing that. Right. You might forget the, uh, the vendor hall and what, maybe what collectible you bought or, or whatever, but you're never going to forget running out of the theater, recreating the scene from the blog. I mean, that's so cool. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to look into that maybe for next year. Just depends on if it conflicts with G fest again. I don't cool. know. Don't know. So uh, you're showing a couple of movies. Tell us the movies that are going to be playing. Yes. So that was that was one thing that I was uh, pretty particular about. And as you know, like, you know, when you, you show films, whether it's anything outside of your house, like, you know, you have to get the proper rights. And so we really focused on uh, some of the we wanted to focus on movies that we knew that we could get the rights to show. Uh, and luckily, most most of Toho's library is available through a couple different distributors. Um, there's a few there's a few missing pieces, um, but I decided to go with what I think is the quintessential 1960s Showa era, golden era of Toho piece in Mothra versus Godzilla. It's my favorite Godzilla film of all time from 1964 because I just love, I mean, on the screen you have like the who's who of Toho actors. You have Akira Takarada and Hiroshi Koizumi. You have Yoshifumi Tajima uh, and, and Kenji Sahara. How can we forget that? Um, and Kenji. It's so, I mean, it's such a cool, great movie um, and so much significance, you know, brought the fantasy element to the Godzilla uh, franchise. It brought, or it was the last where Godzilla's openly antagonistic and all that. And I just think it's one of the best movies of that era. So that was kind of the first part of our double feature. I want to start off with just such, such a classic. And then the second half we felt was the easiest choice because we went with the birthday boy. We went with Godzilla versus Megalon. Everybody, good, bad, or indifferent, has a memory with Godzilla versus Megalon. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's celebrating its 50th anniversary. I, we wanted to sneak that one in there. And I personally love the film for all of its wacky and zaniness. And, uh, and so that's kind of the double feature. Two very different Showa-era Godzilla films from a, you know, very, I don't want to say serious, but, you know, the the tone of Mothra versus Godzilla is very different than Godzilla versus Megalon. So we were super pumped about that great double feature. <laughs> Let me tell you, my memory, my memory of uh, Godzilla versus Megalon was not seeing it. Oh, no. 
I was a kid and we were at the drive-in seeing I don't know what, but they showed a preview for Godzilla versus Megalon. And I just, re that really stuck in my, I remember thinking, wow, that looks cool. I want to see that. But I don't remember ever going to see it. I probably yeah. saw it on TV years later. I mean, I know I've seen it now. I've seen <laughs> it more than once now. Uh, but I also remember thinking that Megalon was the robot. Because, you know, in the preview, it wasn't entirely clear. <laughs> I, I had some vague idea of who Godzilla was already as a child. I don't know if I'd seen any, but I just remember thinking, wow, that's awesome. I want Can we see that? And, uh, you know, I don't know if it ever actually came to our local theater or not or why I didn't end up going to see it. <laughs> I do know when I rewatched it recently that the opening with the kid on the little paddle fish <laughs> immediately yeah that immediately struck me as familiar so i must have seen it as a yeah. child on television <laughs> on some random saturday afternoon i was uh, i was at g fest and he was the 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 uh boy that played him and also played ken in godzilla versus hetera he was there at g fest last year and i had to have him sign a picture of him in the uh in the the dolphin paddle boat and uh as well as my uh godzilla versus megalon uh, champion festival uh, <laughs> insert. So like, uh, it was cool to finally meet him. I was like, "Hey, man, that is. I, I know we love Godzilla and all, but the most iconic scene from there is you on that freaking fish paddle <laughs> boat." <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's ridiculous, but at the same time, yeah. as a kid, I totally would have wanted that thing. I, yeah. I would have been all over it <laughs> for sure. I don't think I realized those those two characters were the same actor. Yeah, same actor. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he yeah. was a great he had a great interview and. Um, he did a little bit of acting, but then he became a, a pilot and was a successful airline pilot and just kind of left <laughs> acting after, you know, and so, All right. uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that doesn't a, suck. <laughs> no, no, it does the convention circuit a little bit. Um, but he's a, was a very nice man. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, we, we call that character the Panchito. <laughs> I like it. After, after, um, Panchito from the Beast of Hollow Mountain. Oh. He was, uh, we've been making our way chronologically through these movies. Gotcha. And that was that was the first time we noticed that character, and then that same actor showed up in uh, the Black Scorpion, playing Juanito, playing the exact same character, but named Juanito. <laughs> Just so enough. that's our that's our general name for that kind of character is the Panchito. Yeah. I like it. We, we love them. Very stock we love them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, you've got a couple of guests that are going to be appearing. Tell us about them. Yeah, like I mentioned, the the goal here was really kind of these three pillars of fandom. The films, which obviously the double feature um, uh, kind of covers that that uh, area of it. And you know, anytime seeing a Godzilla film on the big screen is pretty cool. Um, and so the special guests kind of represent the art, the art sector of it. And yeah, we did not mess around. We went and got, you know, quite possibly, at least from an American standpoint, maybe the most famous uh, Godzilla artist that, that we've seen, the great 18-time, or I don't even know, I think he actually is a nine-time Hugo Award winner, uh, the great Bob Eggleton. Uh, and he will be there. You know, he's done so many covers, famous monsters of film land. He's done um, box art for M1. I mean, he is just, he's done it all. And he is going to be there doing a little interview uh, with uh, during in between the movies, doing an interview, he'll be there with some custom event exclusive prints, some really cool stuff. And we didn't want to stop there because Bob is he, he could headline any show by himself, but we wanted to bring a little bit like somebody that represents 
the newest the newest generation, the latest generation of Godzilla artists. And we got the great John Yurkeba. And John uh, is an IDW uh, cover artist, and he's done stuff for Transformers, Beast Wars, Ninja Turtles, uh, Ghostbusters, and he's done some official stuff with Sony and Ghost Core. But recently, he's done a handful of the covers for Godzilla, Monsters, and Protectors, All Hell the King, one of their very successful Godzilla series. And so John is going to be there with Bob, have this just... I mean, representing so many years of great Godzilla work, uh, and they're going to do this brief Q&A interview in between the two films, and then they'll be there to kind of shake hands, kiss babies, sign some stuff, <laughs> talk about some uh, talk about some of the cool stuff they did with the, all the fans there. So we hope everybody has a, a kind of a really cool, unique, intimate uh, experience with these guys where they can actually talk to them and as opposed to shake hands, sign the autograph next in line, which you see <laughs> some of the bigger conventions. So um, yeah. they're two great. Yeah. They're awesome people. <laughs> Slid away recently. Just, I don't know, uh, focusing more on role-playing games, I guess, and, and not having the physical room to keep all my comic books. <laughs> so I'm not sure if you just said the name Bob Eggleton to me that I would have instantly known who it was, but looking at the, the picture you've got on your website, I've got that Godzilla. <laughs> Age of Monsters book that's right behind his head there. As soon as I yeah. saw that, I'm like, oh, I have that book. I guess yeah, I'll be taking yeah. it with me to get it signed. Yeah, he's done, from a comic standpoint, he's done, uh, he did some of the Dark Horse stuff way back in the day and a lot of IDW. He's done some of the Godzilla books that came out, uh, especially like the 80s and 90s. Um, and then and then Famous Monsters of Filmland covers. And then he's also done other things outside of Godzilla. Like I said, his science fiction art, he's won eight Hugos, he's won like nine Chesleys and 13 mm -hmm. Asimov, or 13, uh, it's 13 Chesleys and six Asimovs. I mean, the, the and, and some Nebula, Locust Awards, some Nebula Awards. I mean, he is truly the most decorated science fiction artist that's still alive, you know? And so <laughs> um, he's, he's uh, pretty, pretty cool. And truly one of the nicest human beings that you'll ever meet. And it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, he's so nice. And, and John is equally as nice. And I, I, told uh, our buddy Chaz, that's the other organizer, like, it's going to be like, that might be too much niceness on the stage. Like, we need to get like a moderator that's like, <laughs> just a total like ass. That's to be like, because like, you need, need to balance it out. You need a Harlan Ellison type in there to <laughs> dick things up a gonna, little bit. It's, it's going to be everything, grouchy, but they're awesome. Grouchy yeah, no, man. yeah, they're great. When you say Godzilla novels, you talking about those paperbacks that came out in like the, yes. the 90s, the yeah. Return of Godzilla? And okay, I've got those somewhere, but yeah. I was looking for them kind of recently and I thought I knew exactly where they were and yeah. I couldn't put my hand on them. <laughs> so I've got to you, find them before I go to this thing. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Um, I don't remember what years. I think it was either late 80s, um, early 90s. The Godzilla children's books, like who, what makes Godzilla roar or, or who roars like Godzilla. Um, so these, I do not. Okay. So these are these children's books. They're like kind of like board books, but they, um, uh -huh. Bob did the, Bob did that artwork and those are like highly sought after collector's items. That wow. and he, he did that. Um, and my favorite piece that he did, uh, not was actually non Godzilla. I'm a, I'm a big Safubi collector and I love M1 and their tricycle series. And he did, a uh, Halloween Matongo from the movie Matongo Mushroom Man riding a tricycle. Uh, and it's now the, and, uh, the great uh, Yushi Nishimura, who is the owner of M1, put that as the cover uh, for the box art for the M1 Halloween Matongo. And it is so cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to have him sign that box art, I think, when, he, when he's here. Uh, but Bob and John are, are great. And they really do, I think, like hammer home 
art piece. But, you know, it's funny, like, they're great and they're our artists. We actually have a few artists in our vendor room, in our vendor gallery, which is a very curated space for collectibles. Um, and we have David DeGrand, who, who's doing vinyl monster toys, so that's why he's there. But David DeGrand, he does... The Simpsons comics. He does SpongeBob SquarePants comics. He's done, I mean, Uncle Grandpa. Uh, he's done a lot of really big Garfield. Like he's done a lot of mm -hmm. big stuff and he's this amazing artist and he's just going to be there with us toy dealers. Um, so he, it's, there's <laughs> going to be other artists in there outside of just Bob and John. So it's kind of a, it's going to be a cool, unique event. It's kind of this melding of these kind of worlds of art and film and, and toys and collectibles, which is, uh, which is obviously a huge part of the Kaiju community. Yeah. Now it's just a one evening thing. It's not a whole, it's not a whole weekend. It starts at 5 PM. Yep. So doors open at five. Uh, and hopefully they'll give you some time to go and check out the, the gallery with, um, with all of our great toy vendors, uh, selling some designer vinyl toys, some Safubi, um, some custom uh, indie toys, some really cool stuff. And then the, the first movie will start around six. We'll do that. There'll be the, the interview with Bob and John, uh, and then there'll be some more time to check out the gallery. And then 9.30-ish uh, will be the second part of the double feature, which would be Godzilla versus Megalon. Uh, and that'll and we'll call it a night. And so it'll be a really cool, hopefully a very kind of fun, compact evening that like you just can go all out kaiju and you don't have to worry about hotels or anything like that. Unless you're traveling in from Odessa, then you might have to do that. That's a long drive back. Uh, but uh, I, have, local I have a brother yeah. in the area. He's going to let nice. us crash at his place. So very cool. That is not very cool. an issue. Yeah, he's only about 20, 30 minutes from the theater. So it's uh, oh, nice. Worked That's out, awesome. Worked out well for That's us. Awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. and we wanted to give everybody a chance to go to go out afterwards because you got to experience the stockyards if you haven't before. And so, you know, ends at 1130. You can go grab a couple of drinks at one of the local watering holes, have a have a, a fun evening and, uh, and make it just a whole night. So that's the goal. Yeah, we're really looking forward it forward to it. I'm so glad that uh, Honeybee stumbled across it. I don't know how she found yeah. it. Probably some someone probably sent it to her. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before you, you go? You want to plug some of your own stuff? Uh, you've got a podcast. Sure. You've written some books. Uh, tell us about some of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So um, probably the the two things other than Kaiju Go that are Kaiju related. Um, so I actually. The last two years, I run one of the largest online uh, Safubi stores uh, in existence, Toku Toy Town. Um, so if you are, you know, the person that loves your high-end designer vinyl toys from from Japan, your Marasons and your Marmots and your Sarajurishis, uh, I am I am I've been doing that for about two years now. Tell us what Safubi are, because we don't talk about the toys much on this show. So, yeah. clue my listeners in; they might not be aware. Yeah, no worries. It is a, uh, it's a, I always, I'm a little nervous. It's a dangerous rabbit hole to go down. It's an expensive <laughs> one. Um, so in the world of Godzilla, there's kind of like three types of toys and kaiju, not just Godzilla. Um, you think of like these, you know, beautiful, highly articulated statues and stuff from companies like X plus that are, you know, beautiful. That, that's great. They're very realistic. Then you have like your more kid-focused toys, more action figure type stuff. You know, we typically hear uh, Bandai as like kind of the biggest uh, mm -hmm. purveyor of those um, in the Godzilla world. And then the other component is soft vinyl or Safubi, which just li literally means soft vinyl. Uh, but these are those, when you see the kind of silly looking Godzilla that's glitter and glow in the dark and pink, right? Or the, um, or the Matanga riding a tricycle. 
it's that kind of art toy designer toy world but you know it started in in japan in the in the late 60s with the company marison and it's been you know the the most recognizable and the biggest collector group within the kaiju community for you know for uh 60 plus years um and so safubi is just the the broad term for soft vinyl um, our store has other things other than safubi but that's kind of what we're known for uh and there's a lot of really cool pieces and there you know these are all small production runs handmade uh so you know you might get a event exclusive from a one-day pop-up shop in japan 30 of them are only made and that's it you know they're not then they will do that colorway again and so it's a very uh interesting and fun kind of niche of a niche of a niche of collecting uh and it's super it's the most fun I've ever had. And I've collected a lot of different toy lines and fandoms and stuff. And it's by far uh, my favorite. Uh, and it's not even close. And so I decided, hey, you know what? Like, <laughs> I built some relationships with people in Japan and some with these companies. And I was able to be a, one of the many uh, avenues for U.S. folks to get them without paying $60 shipping and without, you know, having a proxy buyer in Japan that goes to these events for them. Um, so uh, it's been a really cool thing that we've done and built up a huge community. And I'll be at G-Fest. Uh, with Toku Toy Town and uh, and yeah, so that's really kind of it. I I I love it. Safubi, go check it out, man. It is it is something that is just, especially for those that are art fans and fans of uh, that type of visual arts. It is it's something else. And did you want to talk about your books at all? No, we don't want to talk about the books. There's not really much kaiju <laughs> there. Um, that that was well, no, that that's was, all right. Uh, yeah, we, uh, it's more sci-fi. You know, we, we sometimes uh, yeah. branch out a little bit on this show. We yeah. Uh, uh, we don't mind uh, going off topic occasionally. <laughs> yeah, I, I lucked out. I uh, as a as a hobby that turned into more than a hobby. Um, I had a, a handful of books. One series published uh, under the uh, the series name is The Adventures of Duke Lagrange. And um, little did I know that once we went to Audible, and I have a wonderful voice actor that did all the work for it. Uh, the thing blew up, and uh, and mm-hmm. so I ended up being about a four book series and. Uh, it was awesome. I got to go and speak at Worldcon in Dublin uh, as a guest with it, and it's a it's a it's a fun kind of sci-fi comedy series. Um, and it was just one of those things that kind of took on a life of its own, and and I love it. And I haven't written anything. I've written some stuff for like some kaiju magazines and things like that, but I haven't gone back to the series uh, once I started doing other other fun things. Um, but it's mm-hmm. it's been great, and uh, and honestly, it, it kind of led me to a roundabout way to meet with a really cool podcasting network called Yes Have Some and the YHS group. And they, they're the world's number one Ghostbuster podcast. Uh, they they expanded out and now their toy collecting show, Toy Anxiety, is one of the most watched uh, toy tube shows, if you will. And it covers everything. But one of the guys that I met through, because my book was promoting my book on there, um, that was just like we became instant friends uh, because he is a kaiju, like, just loves kaiju more than anything. He's a very knowledgeable kaiju guy, and uh, his name's Jacob Walsh. I call him the Tattoo Titan of Tokusatsu. And he uh, he and I started a spinoff uh, called YHS on Monster Island, which was just their kind of you know fun little thing where we would talk every other every other week about kaiju movies and collecting and fandom and you know not not necessarily a set like format or agenda, just kind of us you know uh, shooting the breeze and, and chatting about stuff. And we've had some cool guests on there like Attack Peter and things of that nature, but. Um, but, you know, we've been doing it for over two years now, and it's been great. I've met a lot of folks through um, through that, uh, through the podcast avenue. As you know, like, you, it's all about networking, and the, you get to meet a lot yep. of cool people. Um, 
and uh, and so that's been great. So YHS on Monster Island, uh, we do have, we do put our shows on video too. Um, like most, like we're we're podcast first, um, but 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 we talk about toys a lot. So sometimes the visual medium helps. So uh, yeah, YHS for yes, have some YHS on Monster Island, and it's, we drop every every other week. And I'm doing actually a live show. Uh, I say tomorrow. I don't know when this is going to drop, but uh, occasionally when Jake's out of town doing all of his other yes, have some and toy anxiety business, they were on a business trip in in London uh, doing some hush hush movie stuff. But they uh, I they let me have the reins by myself, and so I'm inviting some friends, uh, some kaiju friends over, and we're going to do a little live show uh, tomorrow talking about. Ultraman, the Ultraman anime season three and some other fun things. Oh, so, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Why Jess and Monster Island, Toku Toy Town, tokutoytown.com. And of course, kaijugo.com. If you can make it to Dallas, other, excuse me, make it to the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex on August 26th. Uh, we'd love to see you. Well, as I said, we are going to be there. So look for us as well. Jay Keith, thank you so much for joining us today here on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. And now back to the rest of the show. I have mixed feelings about this movie because there's a lot of cool shit in it, but none of it makes any goddamn sense. Yeah, for sure. I loved how Mecha King Ghidra looked. Yes. (laughs) I just wish he had made some sense. I think Ghidra looks good, like, all the way around. Like, he's very, like, he's less... Turkey-ish. I mean, from the bottom, he still looks like an oven-roasted turkey, but he's just more like his <laughs> movement is like fluid and better, and he sounds great. He's less gobbly. He was really great all the way around, and I loved Mecha Ghidorah. It was so awesome. It was such a like twist, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's an interesting thing. Because the previous installment was a box office disappointment due to a lack of child viewership, an alleged uh-huh. competition with the Back to the Future franchise. The producers of Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah were compelled to create a film with more fantasy elements along with the time travel. So, um, yeah, I think they were absolutely... Because not only Back to the Future, but as I mentioned, Terminator, which is also a time yeah. travel movie. So I think they were very much, time travel is really popular right now. Let's do some of that. Plus, they've done everything else already. So <laughs> they've done aliens. They've yeah, this done one was just wild. Atomic mutants. Like, it's time to do time travel. So and <laughs> robot people. Yes. Do I, we've had some robots, haven't we? Yeah, for sure. But not like this. Not where they like look yeah. human. You know. Yeah. No, I think there was. Well, I don't know. It's all a. Was that in a Godzilla one? Yeah. The the guy, the scientist's daughter, was she a clone or was she a robot or was she both? Uh, I do not know what you're talking about. The scientist's daughter. It was a Godzilla movie. It was. I'm pretty sure it was a Godzilla movie. It was definitely a Japanese movie. Oh, oh, oh! Movie. She was a clone. She was a clone. She was a clone. She wasn't a robot. No. There, yeah. No, but there were. They called her a clone, but then there's a part where they open up and are and are operating on the machine bits. Inside of her. Well, they she turned was a cyborg. her, but, but she was she was a human first, yeah, and then they she just wasn't gave a clone. Her she was parts. A, she was yeah, she was a cyborg. She wasn't completely a robot. She was a cyborg, but they treated her like a robot. <laughs> <laughs> they, were really, they were really mean to her. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, honeybee, what are you gonna rate Godzilla versus King Ghidorah? 
dang, you know, I'm I'm going to give it a five. I loved wow. it. I enjoyed it. it didn't make a lot of sense, but I had so much fun watching it. I was like, the it, it was so shocking every time the storyline added something else wacky, like the little Dorats or the, you know, uh, robot dude. It was just so crazy there's so much going on in this movie that it's like there was never a moment where i was like man this is boring or like uh when is you know it was so packed everything just like one thing right after the other and it feels it feels like the pacing is really starting to pick up and it was really different in this movie and i loved it i loved that it was from 91 i feel so good about that it feels so cool <laughs> that we're gonna do movies now in my era you know i'm just super <laughs> excited i'm so excited to be here and i I loved it. I really loved it. I, it didn't make sense, and there was things that like annoyed me about it. But all in all, it was great, super um, entertaining. And then like also coming from Biolanti, which I also just loved so much. Going from that to this, it was so different, and I thought that was really great, and I loved it. <laughs> uh, I I think I can only give it three stars because. Dang. Because it because it makes no goddamn sense whatsoever, and that just bugs me. <laughs> I think they could have yeah. had all the they could have done all this cool shit and still had it make some kind of sense. I just I prefer that science fiction movies be written by someone who has some goddamn idea of what science fiction is. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> uh. Science so. fiction. <laughs> uh, where can people watch Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah? I know it's available. Oh, that is uh, great. To buy and to rent. It's on Voodoo and stuff, but let me just check if it's streaming free anywhere. I don't think it is. Quickly look this up. Now it looks like you're gonna have to go on. It's it's not some of the earlier ones are on Tubi and Voodoo and all. I mean, uh, Tubi and Pluto and all that stuff. But this one looks like you're gonna have to pay for it. It it is available on all of the things on Voodoo and Amazon and all that. But you are gonna have to pay for it. So it's not. I don't think any of these later ones are on HBO or Pluto or any of those things. So there you go. There Watch you go. it if you if you think it's worth it. It's worth it. It's so worth it. It's worth it. Watch it. It's worth it just for the craziness. Next week we'll be back with another Godzilla movie, unless once again I stumble on some things we missed. Yay! It will be Godzilla versus Mothra. Honeybee's <laughs> favorite. Yay! I'm freaking out. Uh, same situation. I think you're going to have to pay to watch it, but maybe see if your local library has it or something. Until next week, then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. 
Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.